Welcome back to the MLS Net Boys podcast. I am your host Chase with my good friend Jacob here. How's it going, buddy? Really good. What was that? What was that sip you just took of? Let's, let's give the audience a taste. Do you want me to actually tell you what it was, or do you want me to lie to be family friendly? This is a G-rated show, actually, so maybe... That was a sparkling water. All right. I'm good. I'm good. It's a nice, sunny now day here in Oregon. Love to see it. It's been, like, the worst weather. <laughs> yeah, Let's make this a weather podcast. Forget about MLS. <laughs> yeah, on, the, on the way here, this is Oregon weather 101. It was just dumping rain. I even got a little bit of ice, like hail, on my windshield. And now, looking out the window, I just see the sun blaring through. Can we just say, I don't know if it's just because I'm from Oregon, but spring is the worst season. I don't far. like spring. It there's, sucks. There's it freaking no... sucks. Because it's just like, it's like teases you with nice weather, and then it just smacks you in the face with like random hail and stuff. Yeah, I, same, I agree. My wife really likes the spring, and I just say it sucks. But she says like the flowers are nice. I don't care about that. That's like late spring, early summer. Especially in Oregon, like late spring is essentially early summer. <laughs> I don't care about flowers. She's next next in the other room, so hopefully she doesn't come in here and throw a brick at my head. Anyway, week... sits out there with their bricks at the ready. Week six, I believe, of MLS, and we had some Nations League also happening. U.S. gets a 1-0 win. Canada goes 4-1 over Honduras, and both will be in the semifinals of the Nations League in Las Vegas in June. Nice. That was... Not very fun to. I mean, it was fun to watch the U.S. score a bunch of goals, but it was like, felt like one of those things that was a result. That's like, who's gonna remember this? And like a Claudio Reyna. <laughs> even like in a year's time, nobody's gonna remember that game. It's gonna be like, oh, remember when we beat Granada by scoring seven goals? Tell you who else will remember Matt Turner and his family because they did their that's true gender reveal thing. He like kicked open a soccer ball or something, and it that's true. And Captain America, Christian Pulisic. I don't know if you caught it in the video. Everybody went and like celebrated with Matt Turner, but Pulisic like turned and went to Matt Turner's wife yeah. and like congratulated her first. So family man, that's who you want leading the club. Good on him. You know. Meanwhile, just... Gio Reyna is probably off talking to his dad about his minutes played or something i'd like to point out too it would be nice to watch a usa game in somewhere other than orlando or where else do they play they always play in ohio yeah they play in columbus a lot and they play in orlando um i don't can't name it very many other places they uh they play their games at it's not like we have a giant country where we could host like in 150 different stadiums yeah it's i mean there is kind of that weird balance of like they need to fill a stadium out so they can't do like too big of a stadium but also yeah like spread the games around the country a bit better you know um i don't know i'm i'm don't think we'll ever see a like a game in the timber stadium unfortunately not till we get grass i was there though they played once and we went it was a gold cup it was like a six to one game they played, like, Belize or some random little island, and Donovan scored. It was the famous Wondolowski hat trick game. Couldn't tell, you, famous. couldn't tell you a thing about a Wondolowski hat trick. You know what is more famous than that is Wondolowski missing that sitter in the 2014 World Cup against who? 
Belgium. Yes, sir. Welcome to our listeners from Belgium, which we appreciate a lot. You know, one thing we would really like is we have our email. It's at mlsnetboys at gmail.com. Send us a send us a comment, question. Tell us about yourselves, you beautiful people from Belgium. Anyways, let's uh let's move on from that. Just don't email us if you're from Seattle. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're just gonna get a bunch of hate mail from Seattle. <laughs> no, we we appreciate the Seattle people too. All right, let's uh let's just dive into it. Let's you know there was an action packed week of MLS. We picked probably the worst games to uh, do score predictions on as they it was two nil nils and a one nil game. Uh, but let's well, start from the top. Let's let's just dive into the games. You go ahead and uh, kick us off. Yeah. So Atlanta hosting New York Red Bulls. Atlanta one nil game. They get the winner, and Georgie Jumakis scores again. Seventh minute beats yeah. the Red Bulls. Yeah. It was a. Uh, I don't know if you caught like I only caught the first half of this game, but Atlanta looks like a just completely different team with Tiago Almada. That goal literally came from him just finding a pocket of space and just ripping a shot. New York keeper definitely probably should have parried that wide or caught it, and he just kind of parries it right back into the box, and Giamakis just does what good strikers do and, like, sniffs out an opportunity like that and just buries it. Yeah, good good bounce back after getting crushed by Columbus or Atlanta. Next up, Cincinnati hosting Miami, and Mascara, their center back on loan from Wolves, gets the goal 1-0. And, yeah, Cincinnati kind of bouncing back. Miami, not really impressing me, though. This is what I was saying, man. Miami was overperforming in their first couple games. They definitely aren't as good as they were showing. They were just scoring these insane goals that were low XG. But, you know, it's it's like they say, the stats don't lie. Eventually, they'll fall off when they aren't performing up to their XG. That's right. And then one other quick note. I don't know if you saw the rumors. Brandon Vasquez linked with Borussia Mönchengladbach. So yeah. that would be a big loss for him. But that would be kind of an exciting move for. Yeah, he's the already uh, actually, from what I heard, he was already studying ger- like German. Like he's been uh, studying German since last year, um, and he's said in an interview that that's a league that he would like to play in. So looks like the stars are aligning. He might go to Germany, and that's a good club for him to play for. Actually, back up Joe Scally, and they're good form a connection there and right back to striker hey you know who else former u.s men's national team legend who played a lot of years there fabian johnson remember that guy Dude, i do remember every him. time i try to look up that guy i cannot find anything about him he like his last season played was in like 2019 or 2020 and i have seen nothing i don't see any social media i hope that guy is alive and okay just on an island somewhere in the caribbean just retired without telling anybody he just never showed back up dude that guy was solid i'm i miss i miss having him in the national team he was versatile solid left back slash left winger got up and down the field he's kind of in that era of like jermaine jones like cleansman area where we were kind of pulling these random german guys into the team i believe he played right back too for us in the world cup because i remember they slotted him back to kind of keep up with ronaldo um but it's okay because it's Ronaldo not like still got an assist that game, I think. I don't, you know, actually, I don't remember what happened in that game after the 93rd minute. I hope I just remember it was a 2 1 win with a Jermaine Jones worldie. That's right. The streets won't forget, but enough about the U.S. national team. Um, 
Dude, this we should rename this just to the U.S. Men's National Team and Timbers Podcast because we go on these rants about like the teams we support. <laughs> I mean, quite frequently. Yeah, that we're we're true fans though, you know, through the hard and the through the good. We really started this podcast just to convert like people in other countries to be Timbers fans. So. That's right. We want we want to just overtake Seattle and over overall Instagram followers. So. Next up, next up, next up, though. Columbus 4-0 over Salt Lake. And this, dude, Salt Lake, two games in a row losing 4-0. I had a friend who's from this area. He just texted me, and he was just like, not a, not even a soccer fan, really. Just always only brings up games when they, when they beat the Timbers. But even he was, like, disappointed in his club. <laughs> you think he was wearing his Real Salt Lake shorts? <laughs> No, yeah. but honestly, good on uh, Columbus for pulling this result out. This is like a matchup. You kind of see these happen every so often where it's like two ideologies that match up exactly how they would want to. Like Real Salt Lake doesn't really want the ball. They kind of want to sit back, play the underdog side, like like style, and just let the opposing team have the ball and hit them on the break. Columbus wants to have the ball. They want to create opportunities. And when those ideologies match up that way where they kind of allow each other to play their style – it just kind of comes down to whoever the better team is, and it was really obvious here. Columbus is definitely the better team. Um, only only gripe I have with this game, Keegan Hughes. I knew it was coming. Did not get on the field. Um, my man actually liked my Instagram comment this past week. I saw that, dude. We gotta, and anybody listening, we'll do it too. You gotta start spreading the word on his Instagram. Keegan I, Hughes. I started out. I started out uh, soft. I didn't want to just immediately like ask him to come on the podcast. I started out soft with a KH twenty two with a couple fire emojis. You know, just make him feel like he's Ronaldo with like the CR seven. But uh, I used to do that to Alvis Powell actually, because he he had a hat that he wore that was AP two. That yeah. was because he wore the number two Alvis Powell, so AP two. And I don't know where he bought that or <laughs> who he asked to manufacture it, that. The the crazy part is like it wasn't even like a a hat that like had a sticker like a patch put on it. It was like embroidered into it, so it was like somebody actually like created that thing for him. But I I, I remember I would go on every single post of his, or I would go on every single live stream, and I would comment AP two with a bunch of fire emojis, and he would like always like my comment or like comment back or something, and I still do it occasionally today. Yeah, I same thing. He used to have these weird live streams. Like he'd go back home to like Jamaica, like in the off season. Me spending time with family was super cool. But he would just be like shirtless, like eating a bag of chips, like listening to like really loud music. And then he wouldn't even be like talking. He'd just be kind of like sitting there chilling. And I would do the same thing. I'd always comment stuff, and he'd always respond back. So if you guys see an Alvis Powell live stream, just hop in, and he'll converse with you a bit. Dude, him and uh. Him and Dyron Espria used to have the most, like, fun, like, with their live streams, like, post-game and, like, in away days, like, hotel room. Those guys would be, like, in a room together, just, like, some random, like, rap music playing, and they'd just be, like, shirtless, just, like, hanging out in a room with their live stream going. Love to see it. Love to see it after a hard-fought away day. Next up, though, LA Galaxy hosting Seattle, and Seattle winning 2-1, to one. Jordan Morris and Leo Chu seems like the just cracked connection right now because I think it was counting last game, it was five straight goals where Leo Chu assisted Jordan Morris and then Leo Chu gets on the board himself. What do you make of this? 
as a Timbers fan, I hate it. But Seattle looks good, man. We we were watching this game um, before the Timbers game started, and they look solid. I mean, granted, it's like a leaky LA Galaxy defense um, that the Timbers couldn't score against. Uh, but, yeah, Jordan Morris definitely looks like he's kind of nailed down that number nine position, even though I know after last week, when he scored four goals, they uh, they asked him in a post-game interview if he wanted to be the number nine or if he thought he had that spot nailed down. And he kind of humbly said that there's so much talent on the squad that he's not sure, but he's going to play wherever the coach puts him. So, you know, good on him for being a t- team player. But, yeah, that connection right now kind of looks like one of those things, like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Those, those guys are playing really well together. And, I mean, good on them. I have uh, Seattle – finishing third in my uh my predictions preseason predictions very nice yeah very nice for seattle how about did you catch so you watched this one did you catch that la is saying it was like a controversial and it should have been a handball at the end they like fizzled in across oh yeah i didn't really see it because knew who had his arms tucked in behind his back so like wasn't really much he could do he literally did all he could and i say that as a timbers fan i wish it was I was monitoring this game, hoping they would, like, choke their lead. But, yeah, Seattle looking good. L.A. looking not so good. So, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, I don't know. Let's just move on. Move on from the Sounders. It's as much as love they're going to get this week. We actually didn't say anything too bad this week, so, yet. Next up on the agenda, New England hosting NYCFC. And a 1-1 draw. So Carlos Hill scores a nice goal. He puts some move on some defenders and then slots it in. 70th minute, so New England thinks they're cruising. But Talis Magno scores in the 80th minute and it ends a one apiece. Talis Magno back on the left, looked like. But good good prospect for New York City. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to catch much of this game. I caught like a little bit of the first half when I was watching the MLS 360 show. Um, wasn't able to catch the whole game, unfortunately, but I mean, the first half was not a fun affair. It was just kind of like a weird, like wasn't really super flowy. It was just kind of like an awkward game to watch, but um, you know, good on them for getting a late equalizer like another team in the league. I wonder who but not yet. We will get into it. Moving on, we got Orlando City hosting Nashville. Nashville with a big 2-0 away at Orlando. Papa Pico scores his first goal. It's a nice chip. I don't know if you saw that goal. Yeah. It's a nice goal for, for Nashville, his first goal for Nashville. And Haney Mukhtar, who else scores to make it two? Dude, I don't know if you looked at the the stats for this game. Just typical Nashville, 35% possession, only seven shots with three on target. Typical Nashville. They only completed 300 passes this game versus Orlando with like 530. I was just looking at that. That is a nut stat. Nashville, complete just Burnley ball, dude. Like like we kind of were saying that about like Minnesota, but man, is it just. I mean, I guess as a Nashville fan, you're winning games, so what else can you ask for? But as a neutral, it's just hard to watch. Yeah, I. it's the Gary Smith way, dude. you got to just hire some English coach and just lob up, have a rock-solid defense and just lob up the ball and just kind of pray and hope your attackers just do something with it. But 
you know what? They've been successful since they've joined the league. You know, they're looking to take that next step, but I, I'm usually pretty happy with what Nashville are doing. Next up, I wouldn't say an upset, but a surprising result. Philadelphia hosting Kansas City and a nil-nil draw. Philadelphia losing at home last week and now tying one of the worst teams in the league, Kansas City. What's going on with Philly? For the record, can we discuss how you said at the beginning of the year KC was going to be a solid team, and you were pretty up on them? You know, I was. Do you retract that statement? Um, I, I, you know, obviously it would be it would be the smart thing, but if you look at their like <laughs> XG and like they're getting a lot of chances, they're just not finishing. I don't, I didn't really watch this game. I know. But before, but I remember like the LA Galaxy game, they're getting like 30 shots, you know? Yeah. And they're creating stuff. I think it's just once that they get in that rhythm, it took them a while last year to get going, but towards the end of the season, they were one of the best teams, like points wise. And so I think it's just, I don't know. I think it'll just take a little more time for them, but I think they'll be solid. So I maybe not as high as I predicted, but I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they do figure it out. That's fair. That's fair. I could see it. I could definitely see it happening with uh, Sporting KC. I think they'll always kind of find a way um, in the league. But yeah, back to the game though. Um, unfortunate for Philly. Definitely just seems like they're kind of having like some early season just troubles trying to balance um, Concacaf and then also the league. It's just seems like it's a lot for them to balance right now. But I, I'm not too worried about them overall. I think they'll kind of right the ship and go on a tear in the late season. Yeah, here's a here's an exciting game. Toronto FC hosting Charlotte. Toronto FC up 2-0. Olympico goal from that, Bernadeschi. That's right. And it was a nice, yeah, Olympico. And then Michael Bradley doubles the lead. But then Charlotte in the second half scored two goals, one of them by Camille Joswiak, who we said was their worst ever signing, <laughs> actually. But still, <laughs> one goal in, like, a season and a third or however long this season is. It's funny you bring that up because recently uh, Jacob and I were starting an FM save, football manager save with one of our other friends, and we did like a randomizer to see what teams we got. Jacob got Toronto. Our other friend got Charlotte. So it was kind of like a rivalry match for them here. And the first thing Jacob told our other friend was to sell Camille Joswiak right away. said, don't keep him, just sell him as soon as you can. And then look at him now. He scored one goal. Look at him now. <laughs> but, no, it, it is funny. I was going to bring that up, too. Yeah, we did an MLS FM sim. I've never played the game. I have never played the game. We wanted either. to just pick random. We're Portland fans, all of us, so we didn't want to just pick Portland. So, you know, Toronto FC is going to be my second team now. They're my Eastern Conference club. They're my FM team. I got Columbus, and I'm feeling pretty good about what I got. You're going to throw in Keegan Hughes just Dude, I'm straight signing in. Keegan Hughes from Columbus Crew 2 and I'm going to put him straight into the starting lineup. This next one, let's not even go into detail. Chicago hosted DC 0-0 point each. Boring. I think both of those teams are probably happy with that result. <laughs> it's kind of depressing. Next up, I no Chicago, you know their fans have been pretty vocal. Actually, I will say, <laughs> every time, every time we talk about either of these teams, you just like you're just like, dude, the fans, like, ah, re I really feel bad for the fans. <laughs> it's like it's like a sympathy like talking point. Dude, give almost. them something to, dude. One of my favorite MLS uh, 
like content creators, I guess. Danny T Radio. I don't know if you've ever watched this guy, but he's like a massive he's like a Chicago Fire fan like from his whole life. Like he started going in the 90s and stuff. Loyal fan and he just talks about how this team like he has this he has this video called like Dozen Years of Hell and it's just like the last 12 seasons in Chicago made the playoffs like twice and it's like every single time it looks like they're making good moves and doing right decisions with their club it just like by the end of the season it just fizzles out like their rebrand their their random big player signings like nothing looks like it's going good and then the one team they had a good one year they had a good team like in the last 10 years 2017 when they had Nemanja Nikolic and oh that's right Frankowski and Schweinsteiger they just blew up that team like within like two years so it, it is unfortunate and uh one thing I do appreciate when we kind of bring up the fans of this these teams is like when you listen to like the big like MLS podcasts like I mean extra time is kind of the main one all you hear about is like LA Galaxy LAFC Atlanta Seattle. New York Seattle and their producer's like a big Seattle fan so they just like kind of just kiss up to Seattle the whole time but it's it's kind of annoying like I listen to their podcast every week I really enjoy it but they only talk about like the big teams and like when they're kind of questioned on it they're almost like snarky in the fact that like sometimes they'll say like well like these other teams haven't given us anything to talk about and it's like yeah I, I get that like when you see a nil nil from Chicago and DC United I don't want to talk about it it's a boring game with actually I was gonna say let's spend the up ep- the rest of the episode on this one. Let's break down chance by chance. We're actually going to do a watch along on Twitch later. <laughs> but no, I I do appreciate, you know, giving some of these spread the, the love, man. The small clubs like San Jose. Uh, you <laughs> San Jose is just minding its own business. We're talking about two different teams <laughs> here. <laughs> but, you know, it's like LA Galaxy, LAFC, those those big teams like they get enough love from like MLS and and extra time and you know a lot of the fan base that gets drawn into the league from other like countries and like neutrals they kind of get drawn to those teams because the big names and the big budget dude one last thing about chicago fire they have this thing at their stadium and it's called ice cream nachos (laughs) and i'm gonna show you a picture of this because it looks like a total gut bomb but it looks really good sounds horrible (laughs) there's no ice cream nachos there's no cheese on it or anything is um, it just chips with ice cream on it? It's like, but it reminds me of like you go to a Mexican restaurant, you know, and they have like that dessert with like the that dessert I've only ever seen at the the Extapa in Silverton. So the weird like fried tortillas with sugar and like whipped cream on it. That's kind of what this is, but it's like it's just like tortilla chips, tortilla chips. So like you know, a little bit of salty but sweet. I don't know. You know, I'm not a fan. I'm tired of going to Timbers games and paying six bucks for a watered down hot chocolate. So, next well, up, you know what? I just looked up Chicago Fire fun facts. <laughs> Dude, it doesn't even come up with the club. It just shows <laughs> the me TV the most show. famous fire in American <laughs> history claimed about 300 lives. It's kind of sad. Every time I search about this club, which, albeit isn't often, I just see Chicago Fire. It's like a, like a fire department drama on like some random TV network. But hey, dude, there's n- I I'm scrolling so far and I still am seeing nothing about the club. It's just everything about this. Maybe is that what they named their club after? Yeah, it was like a historical like fire that happened in 1871. Yep. I don't know why you name your club after that, but 
I'm sure a lot of people were <laughs> their lives were ruined by it. But hey, next up, we. I just but, learned something today on this podcast. That's, that's weird. That's <laughs> yeah, a I'm weird sure way to name your club. Any of our overseas listeners probably, I'm assuming, wouldn't have known that. But there you go. Next up, FC Dallas hosting the Portland Timbers, and Dallas scores 74th minute. Uh, Quinon, I think is Facundo Quinon. Yeah, Quin. I don't know. I'm sure, sure. I have no sir. and no clue. Yeah, so Dallas looks like they're cruising out, but 92nd minute, five minutes into his Timbers debut, Frank Boley smashes one. Dude, Dude. like, the camera was behind on this. Like, I couldn't even watch a good replay of it. Did he even have a touch before that? I don't think he even got a touch on the ball. That was his first touch, like, as a Timbers player. Just lashed onto it. Like, that was a great strike. Brian Fernandez-esque, but one quick thing about FC Dallas. Have you seen at their concession stand, they have the... (laughs) They have these <laughs> giant tacos. Did you see that clip that was going around? No, I have not. What the heck? All right, you can talk more about the game. Dude, I'm you know who you sound like right now? We got producer Isaac in here with us, and he is a hot case connoisseur. My man will just, any hot case from anywhere within like a 30-mile radius of here, he'll be like, oh, dude, that hot case has really good like twisty tornadoes. They're like like weird Look names. at these Billy like, Bobs. <laughs> dude, look at that. They do. Look at these little hand-dipped Jim Joes. <laughs> It'll be like the most weird, like... Random stuff, random fried food combinations you've never heard of. Dude, check out this taco. It's as big as his head. Is that the FC Dallas Jesus, game? Jesus, that is massive. That's a good taco. Hey, you know what we got to do? Wait, Emma, let me get another look at that, actually. I want to critique this taco. Emma, Anybody who's following along, look up FC Dallas Tacos. Monster taco. Okay, that taco has got to be at least five inches tall. 10 inches long but you get a base layer of look out dude you only have like an inch worth of meat and then the rest is like lettuce that's a taco salad dude we got to do an mls stadium concessions tier list where do you think timbers would rank just off the top of your head out of 29 teams not that high you know they've got some good options there but the one thing I really do like, which they don't have anymore, it's on the new side of the stadium up above, is they had these really good nachos. But now that you can't get them unless you're like on the new side. I'd say the best things you can get is like the Tillamook cart. They was it Tillamook who did the nachos or they did like nachos with yeah. bacon or something? Yeah. And then they have Killer Burger, which is pretty good, but I don't really want to wait like forty five I I never get food when I'm at a game. I, I don't either. I always eat beforehand. Yeah, and I just wish, you know, we go to Seattle every year for the games, and they have, like, the, I forget what they call it, but it's, like, family-friendly prices, and it's, like, eight bucks, you get, like, a soda, like, popcorn, and a hot dog or something, you know? How come Portland can't do that? Big up Seattle. You know what I do get every game I go, though? One nice ice-cold bear. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) that's funny. Um can't beat beer in a soccer game, right? You gotta, I, you gotta I, bust out the Stone Cold Steve Austin I, reference whenever, rather, whenever dude, you can. I'm just gonna get slandered if I say it, so never mind. Actually, I was gonna, what are you say, gonna say, you want a chocolate milk? You want a chocolate milk at the Timbers game, dude? I, they offered it. <laughs> dude, imagine they got, they got chocolate milk on tap at its stadiums. We do have a Dutch Bros in the stadium. Yes, you we, could get a chocolate milk there. Kind of cool. Like, dude, imagine a wall of like the Timbers army. 
just Jordan Morris scores in the 90th minute, and he just gets showered with chocolate milk cups. (laughs) (laughs) Just all over the turf field. There's just puddles of chocolate milk. No, um, that's too much wasting of that chocolate milk. But anyway, back to the actual game. 1-1 draw. We haven't talked about the game at all yet. Portland, Portland steals a point on the road, and, you know, especially after conceding five goals um, to Atlanta and just being completely torn apart, having only one goal conceded in the last two games I think is really promising. I will say, though, our goalkeeper kind of had to stand on his head for a while, Ivicic, after being controversial in the media yeah. towards our coach. But what a great goalkeeper he's been. Dude, the only real gripe I have with Ivicic is like obviously what he's you know kind of been going on between him and uh, Gio recently but also just the fact that like the guy does not talk at all like he looks like he, he'll he do these insane like saves or he'll save like three shots in a row and then parry it out for like a corner kick and then he stands up and like straight face most goalkeepers you see them like yelling at their defense like trying to get those guys in line or like giving them like hey you need to like push that guy wide you need to do this like whatever he stands up and like I saw like he made a great save. Zach McGraw like ran over and was like giving him a hug, and he just like no emotion, just like walked back to the center of the goal, turned and like faced the corner. Dude, you don't think he's like locked in, just Terminator style, just no emotion? I I don't know. Sometimes I feel like he's not human. Terminator. <laughs> yeah, he's not really like we had Steve Clark, who was like one of the most vocal I feel like keepers, but back when the Timbers like had a leader, it felt like. Yeah, for sure. Hey, next up, the Ravioli boys go down. St. Louis loses at home 1-0, and I hate to say it, Chase, but Chase nailed it in his prediction. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, take that, St. Louis, you stupid little cocky Jared Stroud fans. I <laughs> watched the highlights of this game, and it was exactly what I pictured happening. Like, Minnesota just... Adrian Heath got these guys just freaking ramped up to go on the road and just sit back and, like, just freaking sit in Dan St. Clair's lap and just defend the goal the whole game and then just try and hit on the counter and then eventually just win a – like, they won a PK, and that's what won them the game. But this is what I was saying was going to happen to St. Louis for a while. Like, they want to win the ball in the other team's half. They want to create chaos. But when they play against a team that's no nonsense and just gets the ball out or, like, hits them on the break – they aren't very good at dealing with it. Like, I saw there was a couple times, like, their back line, like, both their center backs got yellow cards. Tim Parker had some hard challenges. Jared Stroud had some hard challenges. Like, they were like, dude, that dude is a loose cannon, Jared Stroud. <laughs> yeah. Like, th- there was times where, like, in transition, they were, like, they did not look good. Like, there was definitely, like, opportunities for Minnesota score. And, like, they just kind of had to, like, slow it down with, like, a hard foul. But, like, Tim Parker... It was like a rough foul. I don't know if you saw. Do you see how the penalty was won? It was like <laughs> Avaria like breaks into the box, and then <laughs> St. Louis's center back Hebert like <laughs> cuts across to try and like slide into the ball, and then their right back is like already like kind of got between Avaria and the ball, and he's about to win it, and this <laughs> this the center back like tackles the right back like clips his foot and then hits Amaria afterwards inside the box. So like he wasn't even going to get to the ball, but since like he already had like tackled his own guy and then cleaned like Amaria's legs out, still had to give the penalty. 
just chaos ball from St. Louis. Literally finally, just chaos ball. It, it finally went the other way around as opposed to them getting fortunate. You know, they've been good. You know, that it feels like when you're playing FIFA against like one of your buddies and you're just losing every game and you know it's like it's like, dude, like I'm not that much worse than you. Why am I losing like three nil, four nil? And then it's just like every little thing is going their way. That's what's been happening with St. Louis. Dude. Like they're just getting the ball passed to them. They're just getting like clear open opportunities. And now finally like it came back against them and like what didn't a, work out. Yeah, what a start still. I think they're still top of the supporter shield, so you know yeah. good for Yeah, them. well I mean yeah, I can't take that away from them. I just think that they're they're gonna slow down a lot through the rest of the season. For sure. Next up, another one we predicted. Uh, another stinker. Colorado hosting LAFC. And we both predicted big wins for LAFC. No, actually I predicted Colorado to win, but uh nil nil draw. I think the cathedral that is Saint uh Dick Sporting Goods Park was too much for Chiellini and Vela and Buanga. The boys couldn't handle it, you know. Did the away day, went to Colorado. How about the big home like return for Kellen Acosta? His old stomping grounds. True. Big storyline. Honestly, solid result for Colorado to pull a tie out against a team like this. These are like the results that Colorado needs to be able to squeak into the playoffs like they kind of hope to do every year. Remember like 2021 when they topped the West and they mm-hmm. made it to I think the quarterfinals in the playoffs? They were winning these games, like these exact sort of games, 1-0. They were just masters at just Well, they solid... played they played that like Minnesota style we were just talking about. Like they were just or like almost more so Nashville, I'd say. Just super solid defense. And then just like hit you on the counter and score one goal and then just sit back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope Colorado can build on that honestly because it's fun to see. You know, there's always going to be bottom teams, but it'd be fun to see them more competitive, a more competitive overall table. Next up, San Jose two, Houston one. This was every single goal was a PK this game, and Christian Espinoza with two for San Jose and Amin Bossy. PK for Houston. So another win for San Jose. San Jose is looking good, man. I I like what this team is doing. I only wish that Jeremy Bobsey was taking the penalties. You know, for Houston, I'm still still on that Houston train, man. I, I've been excited about Houston. And you know, this was a game where they deserved losers, I would say. But Houston just hanging in there being competitive against a surprisingly solid San Jose team, I think isn't the worst. Um, Could have been a lot worse. Next up, this was a blowout. Vancouver 5, Montreal nil. Part of this has to come from the early red card. 23rd minute, it was still nil-nil. Then Vancouver just opens up like crazy. Crazy goals all before the end of the first half get another one in the 48th minute and they dominated possession this game. I mean part obviously that comes from being up a man but good on Vancouver cuz they've never I mean as far as I can remember like watching the league they've never been like traditionally a team that can score a lot of goals. So watching them like score five goals here and then a couple weeks back in the in the Champions League scored what was it, five or six. It Good for them. Good for them. I, I like seeing Vancouver get stronger because it makes the Western Conference more interesting. It makes Cascadia Cup more interesting. Yeah. Um, good I, on them. I remember that one, I think it was 2017. It was 
Portland, Seattle, Vancouver were the top three teams, which was awesome to see. Um, yeah, I was in Vancouver actually that that weekend. I left on Friday, and I was looking to see if you know Vancouver was hosting a game. It was the next day, and we could have stayed another day. And I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. Like, I have to go back to work on Monday, but kind of wish I went to this honestly. You know, you brought up though, SKC. I I had them pretty high on my list, and hasn't really panned out. I believe you had you were kind of high on Montreal. Am I wrong? I don't know what you're talking about. Let me, I will tell you exactly where I put Montreal in. What a disappointing start. And I know they lost a bunch. I personally did not think they were going to do anything this year. But going from second place, third in the in the East, second place in the East, third in the Supporters' Shield, getting blown out 5-0 to Vancouver, that's got to hurt. <laughs> yeah, Montreal last place in the East. I had them finishing sixth, actually, so... A rough go of it for me on my prediction. I I had underestimated how much they had lost actually because uh, they lost their whole core of the team, lost their coach. I just had assumed I thought they were going to hold on to Kai Kamara. I had assumed you know holding on to Victor Wanyama would be a good like core piece of their team, but not enough. So that's this whole week results in MLS. And we're going to get back to some predictions towards the end of the show. Next up. We got to go over our our points after this week's predictions. Jacob. Let's not bring it up. Jacob getting zero points on the week. I got three points. So that takes our totals. Jacob on nine points. Me on eight. I'm catching up. That's right. Nine and eight still <laughs> Not great overall for us, but yeah. For Chase, how many games we've predicted? Chase Clon. Yeah, I was awful this week. Um, you know, I feel like there were some obvious results in there. Like LAFC visiting Colorado, I feel like should have been an easy one. Yeah, there's and some ones where it's like Philly. It just kind of proves how unpredictable the league. Like M- the league as like, like MLS as a league, how unpredictable it really is. And that's what that's at least the huge draw to me like i love you know this is like this is an unexpected league for sure like i love knowing that the two best teams in the league you know playing against two of the worst teams in the league aren't guaranteed to win and you can say that about some other leagues but it doesn't really happen if i watch city play you know Leeds or something like that i know city is gonna smash them you know yeah, well, and especially when you look across the rest of the world and you see, like, the dominant teams, how their rosters are built, and with the implementation of, like, five substitutes across a lot of these leagues, it's just kind of, like, a matter of, like, win in a game. You know, when you look at it and it's like, all right, 60th minute, still nil-nil. All right, City's going to sub on, like, four guys that'd be starters for every other team in the league. And you look at, like, a team like Leeds and it's like, all right, they got this youth prospect. They got this 18-year-old, like, right back they could throw on. It's like, so that's that's where I agree with you. Like, when you look at MLS, it's really exciting that any game, anybody could be anybody. And it's true of every league. You could see that happen anywhere. It's true of the sport. Like, with soccer or football, whatever you call it, it can happen anywhere. But it's just a lot more likely to happen in a league like MLS versus a lot of other leagues where they've been structured differently and there's a lot more influence of money in the league you see these like powerhouses rise up and there's just no like variation in the results really for sure for sure so next up we got i'm going to talk about some stuff that makes me mad 
if you guys ever watched Family Guy, you remember there was this old segment where Peter Griffin, you look at me like I'm an alien, like you have no clue what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking okay. about. Good. The grinds my gears. Grinds my gears. Peter's on TV, and he talks about whatever grinds his gears. We're going to talk about stuff in MLS that grinds our gears. So, Chase, hit first, us with your first annoyance. First thing that grinds my gears about MLS, this weekend – I'm getting ready. You know, it's Saturday. I'm excited to watch the watch Timbers. Watch what you say, though, or else you're off the podcast. <laughs> Seattle's better than Portland Timbers. Cuts my mic. Anyways, I was I was excited to watch MLS. I'm excited to watch all the games. Um, only a little snag is, you know, I have to go to my, my girlfriend's family's having a birthday party around, like, 5 o'clock. So I'm thinking, okay, no biggie. There's usually games starting around one. I can, you know, watch a couple games, watch the the 360 show, and I go and I look at the MLS app or the, you know, uh, Apple TV Plus. No games are starting until 3:55. It says every game's at 3:55, which, which is a lie. Too. Which when you so that means East Coast time, 6:55 p.m. So okay, I'm like, no biggie. It gives me an hour to watch most of the first round of games. I log in and I just get the freaking the the three stooges standing up there. I get Sasha Kleshton, Bradley Wright Phillips, and Kalen Kyle. And then the dude with the glasses. Oh yeah, and whatever that weirdo is that just throws every question to Kalen Kyle. I don't know. That group just annoys me. I like Sasha Kleshton and Bradley Wright Phillips as players. Their takes on MLS is annoying, and Kalen Kyle just has to like interrupt everybody, dude. It's it's frustrating. I don't want to be like I don't know. I they did a lot of great things in their career, uh, obviously doing a lot now for themselves. But that was it was just frustrating. Like they advertise the start time as three fifty five, but the game doesn't start till four thirty because they want people to tune in for this like pre game show that they know nobody's gonna watch otherwise. Yeah. See, I completely agree. I actually like the 360 show. I'll disagree with you on that, but I like so here's the I like the 360 show. I don't like when they cut back to the studio. Oh, okay. See, I don't I don't even mind that. What what ticks me off is yeah, the start times cuz so I work during the week and then Sundays I'm at church and doing stuff. So I really only get one day to like, you know, sleep in and kind of enjoy games and having those games on Saturday is awesome. But then, yeah, when the first game is until, like, past 4 o'clock in, you know, Pacific time, Oregon time, if I'm doing anything on a Saturday night, which that's, you know, usually the night people are doing stuff, I'm going to miss, like, every single game. And that's – I wish they maybe did, like, one Friday game, a Sunday after, just, like, a little bit different, like one or two games. What is up with this lazy scheduling of, like, we're going to put every game on one day of the week? 14 games in one day. 14 games on one day. It's like, I understand for, like, MLS, just, like, it makes it predictable. Like, for a, a casual fan where they like, oh, Saturday is the day my team plays. I get to watch my team on Saturday. And it makes it easier for attendance at the stadiums. But as, like, a person who wants to, like, absorb as much of the league as possible, it's really hard unless you just want to kill your Saturday by sitting down. Watching 16 hours of Major League Soccer. And and the thing is, is like they have like six games going at once, and then like the second time starts and it's six more games at once. It's ridiculous. So, anything else to say? 
Any any other grinding your gears? Because if not, I got one. I think that was for me the only one I had this week. What's what's what grinds your gears? So, not technically MLS, I would say, but it's a U.S. soccer problem. But it, it, I'm speaking on behalf of MLS. All right, lay it on me. U.S. Open Cup is starting currently. It's the lower rounds have already started, but it's gonna be a little bit till the MLS teams play. How many times have they done that stupid, like, centralized, like, bracket thing where it's, like, you play the same team? Like, Portland, for example, obviously we're going to talk about. Portland has played Seattle or San Jose or LAFC. It's We're in this, like, Pacific conference thing. Oh, yeah. We play the same three teams every time. And we don't have USL teams on this side of the bracket. I think Sacramento Republic's the only one. But whereas you have other regions who have USL teams, like, kind of in the Midwest – we play the same teams every single year, and unless we advance far, we have no diversity in the clubs we're playing. We're not playing Tampa Bay Rowdies or you know nobody from the East Coast or anything, and it just really ticks me off because we already play Seattle, like for example, three times a year anyway. <laughs> then you add in the Open Cup almost every year. You add in playoffs. It's just lazy, lazy scheduling, and I get it. They for especially the smaller teams. They want to cut down on like certain costs and not ask this borderline men's league team to like fly across the country, but have some sort of like. That's where difference. I think there should be some sort of like general fund. Or I agree with you. I I see the aspect of like you don't want to have these small teams. It's really hard for them to travel, and also a lot of times the fields they play on, the facilities they have, aren't good enough to host like these MLS teams. But also, um, there should be some sort of like general fund that these MLS teams pay into because they have so much more money. Like that's where the football pyramid should share its money. Like it should have, it could kind of spread down towards the lower levels. Like the MLS team should pay in. So if they draw a smaller team from across the country, they draw from that general fund and they get to travel to Portland. If we got the Tampa Bay Rowdies or vice versa. Every MLS team, when they draw a lower team from a further, a certain amount distance, they have to travel to that team. That's what I think would fix that issue. So you add more diversity, you get more interesting matchups, but also, I mean, then you might see more MLS teams just start to dominate that competition earlier on in the in the stages of it. Yeah, and I don't know. Like last year, it was cool to have Sacramento make it all the way to the final. That was awesome for sure, but having I don't know. It's just they just do those regionalized like pots, and I've I've watched them do the draws before. We have like the same group of teams we're gonna play against. It's just like kind of in the northwest, and then like the California teams, and I'm just I'm sick of it. <laughs> really grinds your gears. It huh? really does grind my gears. All right, you feel better? Not really. <laughs> I was gonna say but, I I feel a little bit better after that. You know. It was nice to share frustration with the... I hope our anger is infectious and more people get upset about this. I don't know. You know, it seems like one of those weird things where... I I don't know. I've seen this happen for years since watching MLS, and I don't know if they're going to change it. Probably not. Probably not. They're going to just focus on some other random expansion team and bring them up until we have 42 teams in the league or something. Love it. Anyways, 
let's uh let's move on to something a bit more lighthearted. We're gonna play some games today and we're gonna do a quiz. Another yeah, we doing the game last week we did a like who am I quiz game and we're gonna try and do some variation of a yeah, more lighthearted, fun quiz. We're kinda just picking each other's brain and just going through some old MLS stats and knowledge and hopefully you guys learn something too. So we're gonna do there's this website Jacob introduced me to today called Sporkle. And we have a couple quizzes that we're gonna we're gonna go back and forth on with each other. Um, I have one pulled up for Jacob. I'm gonna be quizzing Jacob on MLS best 11s. I'm gonna pick a couple, um, and I'm gonna you know ask him if he can name all of the starting 11 from that best 11. Or yeah, yeah. So yeah, likewise, Sporkle is like this cool website where. You can search whatever topic. We're on MLS, obviously, and they have these cool quizzes and stuff. Random topics, like name every MLS Eastern Conference team's DP or the last goalkeeper for each of, like, the Western Conference teams or some, something like that, you know. Um, the one I've got for Chase pulled up is the top five goal scorers per team for the last five years. So every team. So example, Atlanta. Who is their top goal scorer in 2022, 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018? The last five seasons. And I'm going to ask him, can you name these goal scorers for this club? Are we starting like that? Is that, that how f- we're, is that how we're going? I, for the record, off the start, I feel like I'm going to have a harder time with this than Jacob does. Jacob, I think, proved last week the depth of his knowledge but we will see how about we do because i don't know doing a whole 11 for me might be brutal since you have to do five only how about i do five of your 11 all right we'll see if we can pick five yeah let's do that how about we go yeah we can do five i might have a hard time picking five seasons back of atlanta or five five players but we'll see Okay. We'll you want to you want to start me first? Let's go first. All right. Let's go. You want to pick a year, or should I just pick a year? Throw me into the lines, then. Give me a year. All right. Do I have a limit on how far back not, I can not go? Too, maybe nineteen ninety six. Yeah, maybe before you were born. Nothing before 2000... 2010? 2011. 2011? All right. Let's start with twenty twelve. I'm gonna throw you straight into the blender here. I know the first person on here. 2012. Let me start it. What do you got? How about Chris Wondolowski? Wondolowski. I don't know how to spell this man's name. Is Chris Wondolowski on the board? How do you spell Chris Wondolowski? You have to look that up. I don't even know, actually. That's a long name. Kind of funny with this music, actually. (laughs) Wondolowski is not. He's not on here. Do I have to put his full name in? Maybe I have to do Chris because he won the Golden Boot that year. 2012. Yes, sir. (laughs) It's not coming up for any of these years. 
Oh, wait, here we go. Okay, it came up. It came up, but it didn't, like, clear out my text box. All right. Chris Wondolowski for 2012. Yes, you are correct. Sounds good. So, All right. What do you got for me? You know, I'm going to say, can you name one of the top last five top scores for the Montreal Impact? Top five last scores for the past five seasons, correct? Yep. So one of the so the top goal score per year for one of the last five Ignacio Piatti. Chase answers Ignacio Piatti. Yes, 20, 2018. Ooh. Your last your last shot. Sixteen that goals. A, that was a deep hole there. All right. So am I going with twenty twelve again, or do I just get to pick another year? Up to you. Let's go twenty thirteen. Best eleven. You know, 2013. Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane. Give it to me. Yes, sir. Made it four years in a row. Wow. All right. What do you How got for me? about can you name Vancouver Whitecaps one of their top goal scorers from 2018 Ooh, to 2022. That's really tough because I can't. Okay, wait. Last year, Brian White. Brian White on the board. Not last year, but 2021. Oh, okay. So Ooh. still counts. Sheesh. 12 goals in 2021. Not bad. Dang. Go him. I like how this music's still playing. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to leave it on here. Let's go Ooh. with 2013 again. I want to test your knowledge here. Mike McGee. Mike? Is that McGee or Muggy? That's a great question. Mike Muggy up there with the Chicago Fire that year. Well done. I believe he was MVP that year. Well okay. done, Mike McGee. Good for you. You know what? Next up. Actually, I'm going to do this one a little bit different. All right. This guy has been top goal scorer the last five seasons for his club. All five. Last in, five seasons at his club. In the Western Conference. Including last year. Including last year, including the 2020 season. Wondolowski. No. Oh, oh man. Raul Rui Diaz. No way, really. Since 2018. I feel like he doesn't score goals that often. <laughs> He's kind of slowed down. Last year was nine goals. 17 was his biggest season in 2021. <laughs> I feel like I'm in an el like an elevator or like a fancy restaurant right now with the music you got playing for us. <laughs> I don't even know if this is going to come through on the other end. We'll see. It'll be surprising. If not, <laughs> we were just sitting there as like Jacob was playing some music like we were at like a romantic dinner with the, some candlelight and we're just quizzing each other about MLS. <laughs> Don't judge the track. All right, my turn to question you. Let's go to 2015. 2015. Javinko. Giovinko. I already know that's correct. Yes, sir. Great Se guess. Sebastian Javinko. How about can you name top goal scorer DC United. 
any of the their past five years top goal scorers from the last five seasons? Oh man, I want to say Lucho Acosta. Lucho Acosta is incorrect. He not on there? Not top goal scorer. Man, I thought for sure he would have had it at least one year. Surprising, yeah. I, I would have thought one of those years, at least. No, Wayne Rooney probably wasn't their top goal scorer. Waza, good old Waza Rooney. I'm trying to think who else is like a prolific DC striker with like seven goals on the season or something. I'll tell you the totals. 12 goals, 2022. 19 in 2021. Second in the Golden Boot Race. 2020 oh, top goal score was I killed. I gave it away. Ola Kamara. <laughs> Ola Kamara is right. I forgot he played at DC. Also, their top goal scorer in 2020 with four goals. <laughs> no way. I wonder who that was. What well, year was that? In 2020, he got four goals. Ola Kamara. No, it was him. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, moving on. We're going to go back to 2012. What a weird year in the league. Um, 2012. It's back when we had the old logo still. Classic. The random cleat kicking a soccer ball. I'm going to go Victor Bernardes. Victor Bernardes. Bernardes? I'm not seeing it. He was a... Center back for the Earthquakes. Center back for the Earthquakes. I see a center back for the Earthquakes on here, but I may be spelling his name incorrectly. It was... So that was 2012. That was the last year San Jose won a trophy. They won the Supporter Shield that year, actually. Um, looking to get back to those Victor Bernardez is incorrect. Ooh. There's another center back. Or defender. There's a defender from San Jose on here. Doesn't San specify Jose. a center back though. Steven Bateshore? Dude, you're picking like the hardest names to type out here. <laughs> like that one guy from Napoli with the Betashore? Steven Betashore. Dude, don't slander Steven Betashore on the podcast. I love Steven Beta. I have <laughs> the Iran National. Stephen Bateshore. Yep. Steven. Okay, next time I'll give you a home run one to hit in. Still not, still not correct. Man, that is strike is number two. It doesn't have to be San Jose. It could be anybody. I got one more shot. And I wasted one. it on Stephen Bateshore. You wasted it on Stephen Bateshore. You have one more shot to name a 2012 best 11 player. What a forgettable year in the league. <laughs> you want me to give you the teams that were on here? I'll Red give you Bulls some on there. Here, I'll give you the... I got goalkeeper, Kansas City. Defenders, I have San Jose, KC, and KC. Midfielder, Seattle, LA Galaxy, DC, and KC. Forward, New York. And then you already got Robbie Keane and Chris Wondolowski for the other forwards. Kenny Cooper. 
Kenny Cooper. Are you sure? I am as sure as I'll ever be. Kenny Cooper hasn't failed me yet. <laughs> Kenny Cooper was an all was a best eleven player in two thousand eight with Dallas. Is it Henri? Then is that the New York player? Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry. Damn. In twenty twelve. Dude, I know Kenny Cooper was banging in goals that year. Though. That's with New York. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but it's kind of it would be kind of weird if they selected Kenny Cooper over Thierry Henry. Can you, can you imagine? Dude, he that? scored 18 goals in 33 appearances. In how many goals? How many goals did uh, Thierry Henry score that year? Probably not as much. <laughs> so are you saying here on the podcast? Absolutely. Absolutely. Kenny Cooper is better than Thierry Henry. 2012. In 2012, Kenny Cooper better player than Thierry Henry. Kenny Cooper, come on the show. Kenny Cooper, absolutely come on the show. 15 goals. How many assists? Dude, you can't, like, I understand your logic there, but you can't deny that they're just going to pick Thierry Henry for the best 11. Oh, 100%. Imagine as a league, like, they post it, and, like, somebody in Europe looks at it, and they're like, Kenny Cooper. <laughs> it's like some little Harry Potter kid in, like, England gets all upset because Thierry Henry didn't get picked. I, I get I get what you mean, but why are we, why are we catering to these... High profile, especially in 2012, dude. Before the hey, before the logo switch, man. I say this as the biggest Thierry Henry fan, dude. I named my like all my email. <laughs> I named like all of my email and Snapchat. Like all my usernames had 14 in it because I love Thierry Henry. But Kenny Cooper, I was you robbed. know, I will take that victory, good sir. I will take that. We were playing to three strikes. Jacob, three strikes on 2012 MLS knowledge. I know how far I need to go back to stump you now. Real quick. Let's give, me, name, give me another one. Give me another one. My pleasure. To seal it here. How about... I'll give you... You want me to really stump you? Yeah, because I, I hit you with a hard one, and you still were giving off good answers. Houston Dynamo. Past five years. Albert, How about give me, give me Albert Elise, Kubo Torres. Eric, well, I guess his name's Eric Torres, technically. Incorrect. Eric Torres? Nope. Really? Kubo Torres, negative, Chief. Really? I, is it not under Eric Torres, though? So, for Houston, Ooh. he only had 14 goals in three years. Well, this was a striker for these are like the most forgettable teams, dude. Along with the Dynamo. Dynamo? Yeah, I know if you threw it way back, it'd be freaking Brian Ching. There's some, uh, there's a good one. Back to like OG MLS days. Oh, oh man. I forgot about that player. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Huh. Brian Ching? Forgot about Brian Ching? Dude? Oh, that was like 2006. <laughs> That was a little further back. That was like one of the first times I watched MLS was like a playoff game where like Brian Ching scored for Houston, actually. I think he scored like a bicycle. He scored a bicycle. He scored like a famous bicycle kick. Yeah. Um, do you want me to give them to you? Give me some Give me some hints. Give me some hints here. So how many goals did they score? 2022, 13. Not bad, actually. Oh, Maxi Rudy has to be one. No. Actually. Ah, dang it. Uh, 2021 is a he's a winger who's been on Philadelphia, 
Houston, obviously. FC Dallas. Now Nashville. Pop up Colt? Yeah. 2021. 11 oh, wow. What's another what's a what's another one? Give me another hint. Another one. Spoon feed him to me. 2020. This guy was a he's a Colombian player. Excelled in Liga MX. Played for oh, Fabian Castillo. No, but good guess. Oh no, he played in Dallas. That was Dallas, yeah. yeah. Um played in Liga MX, played for Club America. Minnesota signed him as a DP. And then he went to Houston for a few seasons. And he was a Super sub kind of with him. Really electric player. For Minnesota and then went to Houston. He was better at Minnesota, but there was a game, I think, against Toronto where he scored like a crazy hat trick where two of his goals were like chips from outside of the box. I can't think. Darwin Quintero. Oh, that's right. Forgot about that guy. What is up with Houston picking up all these fringe like super sub players? Like, Albert Elise, Darwin Quintero, like they get <laughs> all least, these guys that are like terrible locker room players that are just electric off the like the bench. Elise was solid, I feel like. Um, twenty twenty two was his, except for his weird freaking Panther celebration he did. Or you, did you, ever, you remember like, that dude? He get down on the ground and like. I'm pretty sure that's in FIFA because of him. Yeah, he would do this La weird, Panterita, this weird celebration. He'd get down and crawl and like put his claw out like he was like while he crawled towards the camera. I forgot about that completely. Thanks for putting that back in my mind. 2022 was uh, Sebastian Ferreira. Oh, yeah. And then 2019-2018 was Mauro Minotas. He had 19 goals in 2018. Forgot about that guy. You remember, um, completely unrelated, remember Blas Perez Yeah, FC Dallas? Dude, that guy was so old and he was just banging the Dude. He was he still get, playing for that guy Panama, would get like, so fired up. You know what he reminded me of is like in cartoons when you see like a cartoon bowl that would just get like super like red and like blow steam out its nose. That's what I would think of when I think of Blas Perez. You would always do with his fingers like the bull yeah. Horns. He would do the weird like matador like run with his bull horns. Dude, what he, a weirdo! That guy and him, him and uh, Maxi Arudi seem like a match dude, made in heaven. His last team played for was only last year, and he's forty two. So he, Jeez. Let me, so, dude, he went to FC Dallas in 2012, and there for three, only 2012, 2013. He was only there four years. Feels like he was there a long time. Anyway, went there to Vancouver. Okay, six goals and 22 appearances. Then Arebe Unido, then Blooming, then Municipal, then Arabe. Unito in Panama in 2018. That was his last team. But then in 2022, four whole years later, he played for the Dallas Sidekicks, an American <laughs> professional indoor team. In, oh. And he played one time for them, <laughs> but scored two goals. Dude, what a career path. This. Everybody, for for all the listeners out there, that's like a, a sneak peek into like a late night talk that Jacob and I would have party after, chat after everybody else gets off like so, playing FIFA. We just sit here and talk about random MLS players. I love it. So I'm on his Wikipedia right now, and I'm trying to just look at stats. He's got one of his only like categories on here. It's just assault attempt, 
on tw- <laughs> on July twenty third, two thousand nine, two cars chased Blas Perez's Nissan three hundred fifty Z early at the morning while he was traveling <laughs> along the La Chorrera Highway in Panama. The assaulting cars intercepted him when one of them collided with it, forcing it to stop. Blas Perez managed to escape from the attackers and sustained no injuries, but his car was heavily damaged. Not the Nissan, dude. Jeez. Poor Blas Perez. That was so unrelated. I, we were talking about Houston and random like top goal scorers. Is Blas Perez on there for FC Dallas? When was the last time he played for them? 2015. So, so it wouldn't have been on there. No. Unfortunate. A good round. That was a good round. I'll take the the dub while I can because I don't think they come very often. But uh, let's uh let's wrap this up. With yeah, some let's wrap it up with some score predictions. We've got a thrilling, absolutely thrilling slate of games here to predict. We do not really, but we wanna we wanna spread the love and not just kind of what you were talking about. We don't want to be just main MLS page and just talk about the LAs. Atlanta, Toronto, and Seattle. So, which is funny because our first game. We're going to talk about LAFC now. (laughs) But this is Champions League, and we're in the quarterfinals, I believe. Maybe round of 16. And Vancouver Whitecaps hosting LAFC. Vancouver looking strong their last couple weeks, honestly. Tying Minnesota, beating Montreal 5 0, winning big in the Champions League. And hosting LAFC. I'm going to go Vancouver 1-0. My heart says Vancouver, but my mind is going to say LAFC 2-0. Mature. See, I don't think Chiellini can handle the... Can't handle BC place? Can't handle BC place. I think it's just... Where they have to section off like their whole upper deck because they can't get anybody to show up for games. Hey, I'm excited to go. I'm gonna go there for the World Cup in 2026. I'm gonna gonna take the trek up there, take the journey up, drive right past Seattle to go up to Vancouver and watch a game. I'd love to see him see both games up there. Honestly, next another thriller: Chicago Fire hosting Minnesota United. Minnesota still undefeated on the year. That's crazy. That's weird to think about. I don't think this is gonna be a thrilling game. Minnesota want to sit back and. Just kind of let the other team hold the ball, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chicago win here, one nil, just because Chicago is gonna have a majority of the ball. They're gonna be able to dominate, but they aren't that great when they have the ball. Honestly, see, although they've looked really good without Shakiri, as funny as it is, I I can't, I'm spacing on his name, but that guy who's been playing as like their their number ten recently has been lights out for them. You know, I'm going to go 3-2 Chicago. I watched, you know, when they played Cincy, they were pretty good. They were looking good. They choked a 2-0 lead, but it showed me they can hang with, like, some of these elite teams. And I don't really view Minnesota as an elite team. They're, they've been solid this year, but I think results-wise, I think they can pull one out. It's just Chicago games always seem like chaos, and, like, I you can't really predict them. But can't wait for them to play against St. Louis. Oh, that'll be a spectacle for sure. Last on the slate, Rail Salt Lake hosting Charlotte FC. I'm gonna go with Charlotte on this one. I think, um, I think Salt Lake's probably gonna sit back, let Charlotte have the ball a bit more, and this is exactly the kind of like game Charlotte needs. Like they're a team that wants to have the ball and they've played through it. Like 
they haven't been the best at it, but they've been trying to build up like a style of like holding the ball and being a possession based and attacking with the ball and like that's the identity they're trying to build. So this is a good game for them to try and build that. I'm gonna go one nil RSL. I haven't been too too impressed with uh, Charlotte honestly, and Salt Lake's looked terrible the last two weeks. Two four zero losses, but they had. A two-win win over Vancouver, I think, week one. I love Demir Krylock. I think if Justin Glad can hold them back there in the defense, I think they have some decent pieces, Jefferson Savarino, that can make things work. I see a scrappy 1-0 RSL victory. That's fair. I'm going 2-0 Charlotte. Tui Loma on two separate free kicks. <laughs> yes, sir. Two banger goals. Anything else we need to go over today, Jacob? You know, I don't have much. Yeah, please email us. I, I, we're really looking forward to it. We're going to get some social media accounts up there. We appreciate all the listeners, and then hopefully we'll have you get some more content on different We're uh, We're working on it. We will get there one of these days. But as for now, I think that's all we have today. So thank you guys all for listening. Keegan Hughes, come on the show. Come on, Keegan Hughes. See you next week.